Welcome back to the, what, what episode is this? 13? 14? Pretty sure it's 13. 13. Welcome back to the 13th installment of the Brick House Podcast. I am Mr. Yosef Brennan, sitting here with the lovely... I'm Andrew Pissarro, and uh, I'm here. We're sitting on the beach, getting a little tan. Everybody's uh, Everybody's got their uh, suns out, guns out. We're trying to get a little tan. How we doing, Casey? Doing great. Obviously, out here in the sun, under these trees, living life, chilling. What's good, boys? Well, by the time you're listening to this, we will have had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. We will be back at the beach. We'll be. Uh, I'll be right as a tomato. Joe will be right as a tomato. Casey, do you tan well, or will you be right as a tomato? I will be burned to a crisp. The Brick House Podcast, now hosted by Tomatoes. I bought this new, like, delicious-looking Speedo, so my ass cheeks are going to be burnt to a fucking crisp. Mm. That is correct, because I will not be applying sunscreen to those ass cheeks. I promise you that. Oh, so I, I can't reach my ass? I can't reach my own ass? Definitely not. This You're dump truck <laughs> ass? <laughs> yes. Your ass is so fat that Joe cannot apply sunscreen on it. Welcome back to the Brick House Podcast. It's been about 30 seconds. We're already talking about Joe's dump truck of an ass. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BrickHousePod, at Andrew Passaro, at ba da 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 at Cheese Casey Dilla for the cheesy man himself. Weird. And boys, fellas, gentlemen, my dudes, what's on the top of the queue? Casey, since you're the lovely guest today, you're going to take this off. What you been listening to recently? J. Cole, man. That's it. Sick. What do you think of the album? Excellent. Definitely delivered. I thought it was sick that the album dropped. Next morning I wake up, he's playing a basketball game. I'm watching his highlights. Crazy. The man's doing his thing. Representing. Definitely came back with a vengeance. I do want to say shout out J. Cole. One of the cooler things I saw on the album, or I forgot to mention when we talked about the, the record last two pods ago at this point. The first episode, first track, 95 South, is like the same beat as You Don't Know by Jay-Z on, yep. on what record is that? The Blueprint. That's, um, the Blueprint. It dropped which, on September 11th, 2001. Right, which I showed Joe, You Don't Know, for the first time a few Saturdays ago by the time you guys are listening to it. So he did a really good job on that beat. I mean, I still like Jay's version on that beat better, but... You know, <laughs> Joe, Joe not knowing fucking You Don't Know leads us into something that... I think we read in preparation for this. But we'll get to that. We'll, well get to that in a little bit. We'll get there. No doubt. Before we'll we get, get to there. that, Casey, what was your favorite track? What, favorite tracks on the J. Cole album? Oh, 95 South was definitely up there. Punching the clock is sick. Just the whole thing, start to finish, the climb back. I love how he switches up his flows. And now he's back. Now he's officially back. Like, this is everybody who's complaining about For Your Eyes Only. And then he came out with. KOD and people were saying it was like too much of a like a PSA type shit and now he just came back guns blazing bars king of the game uh yeah as of right now I think so unless Kendrick comes out and matches it or better which he's definitely capable of I will say I was a bit critical on two pods ago of the album but now that I've had more time to let it digest I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you got to give it a couple times. Still through. loving the tracks. Applying pressure. It's definitely good on first yeah. listen. I need to give it a couple more. Uh, Joe, do you want to go first? Or would you like me to go? All right. So there's this band called National Park Service that I discovered today. It's spelled N-A-T-L Park and Service nor- as a normal service. Uh, it sounds like a band from 2004 to 2010. They're brand new. Um, they have less than a thousand listeners on Spotify. I think they're from like Minneapolis or some shit like that, somewhere out there, not New York. Sounds like a mix between a broken social scene and surfer blood. 
Um, I mentioned Broco so- Broken Social Scene because they're like a group with 21 members, and this band has like nine or nine or ten members. It's fucking huge. Um, and if you listen to it, it has like that big kind of indie rock sound, um, group vocals, has a nice summer sound. Definitely, it's a grower. Like uh, it's catchy, but after like a few listens, you're you're like singing along with the songs, you're dancing. Definitely recommend. Uh, so it's a grower, not a shower. It's a grower, not a shower. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> there's Joe. this this band called Michelle, all caps. They have this track called FYO, perfect for the summer. And if you're looking for that gritty kind of uh, garage rock kind of sound, there's this band called Pardoner. They released a new album and two tracks on it in particular called Tranquilizer and Donna Said are perfect garage rock tracks for the year 2021. There we go. Are they on the playlists? They are on the playlist 2021 Sons, which is still being worked on. But if you go to my profile on Spotify, that's Joe Brennan, uh, no ba-da-da bullshit, um, you could find it <laughs> on the bottom. All right. So I have two albums. And a playlist. The two albums come from Friend of the Pod, Zach. Shout out Friend of the Pod, Zach. We miss you. We love you. We're rooting for you. He's fine, but we're rooting for you. The first one is Parquet Courts. I listened to their 2018 release, Wide Awake, and it's a 38-minute thrill ride. I had so much fun listening to this record. It made me... I enjoyed it so much that... Instead of grabbing my skateboard and skating around Brooklyn, which I wanted to do, I just sat my ass down and played Tony Hawk Pro Skater for like two hours, or not two hours, by like 20 minutes, but I had a lot of fun listening to this record. It's a lot of fun. All the singles slap. I already had uh, the last track on the record uh, starred on Instagram, but the first track of the record ends with Fuck Tom Brady, which as long as you're not a a, uh, Patriots fan, like uh, shout out producer Lauren. Sorry, producer Lauren. It says Fuck Tom Brady, but yeah, so the whole record's awesome. I really like it. I felt like uh, an art punk a little bit vibe to it too definitely made me want to go skate i definitely wish i knew about that well i wasn't working at zoomies at the time so but still uh all time like chilling summertime vibes throw that on while you're driving to the beach great record to get you pumped up to go have a solid beach day and the other record that i listened to is a hip-hop record as you know we i tend to to give out one of those and i saw this on kevin durant's instagram story this past weekend i saw it on the one and only champagne poppy himself drake's Instagram story this weekend, and that's the Mac Homie uh, Pray for Haiti record, which was produced by Westside Gun. I dig it a lot. I really enjoyed it. It's got that Griselda dark style production, that grit, really good flows, really good verses. Songs that I liked included Blockchain, Magnum Band, Rami, which had Westside himself. I thought Westside did a good job producing it. Some people didn't like how much he put his own you know, twist on it, but I liked it a lot. And I was waiting the entire record for Most Def to get on a track. It just felt like the type of track, like a record where he would have had a quick verse in there, kind of similar to what he did with Education on Bandana Oof. with Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. But alas, no Most Def on this project, but would love to see uh, Yasin Bey, not Most Def, but... Love to see him collab with this guy. I really enjoyed it. Um, go go give that a listen. If you're if you're a fan of Griselda, go check it out. You brought up a famous Brooklyn rapper, Yasin Bey, Most Def. I have a rant about another uh, very famous Brooklyn rapper, and I'm I'm ready to be verbally berated for this. I'm Hold on, if you want to verbally berate Joe, by the way, nine one seven seven four zero six four two nine. By the way, we will be playing one of. 
our new voicemails to close the pod today. We have a voicemail. I forgot to mention that to you guys. It's pretty funny. Stick around for the ending to find out if you were the lucky listener who got your voicemail chosen. 917-740-6429. So here's my hot take. I'm ready to be verbally berated for saying Ready to Die is an overrated rap album. I mean, you're wrong. To preface, Juicy is the best hip-hop song of all time. Hands down. Big Papa played at every party. Fantastic. Who Shot Ya? Also amazing. Okay, that's four songs. Fantastic. That you just said are great. Second half is way better. But that's the thing. Second half way better than the first half. I think it's just a okay album that's the thing that's that's my personal opinion i think his death influenced people's opinions on the album i think because of that they refer to it as a better album but i don't know i i can obviously hear his influence in people's rappers like flows nowadays but nah it's just for me it's just not for me i'd rather listen to any of the other names that I'm about to drop, Black Moon, Mob Deep, Nas, Wu-Tang, Big L, Gangstar, De La Soul, Farside, Tribe Quo Quest, Blackstar, Talib Kweli, Most Def. I think they represent New York flow and beats and style better. Did you say Farside in there? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're from Los Angeles. Are they? Well, wow. I associate them with the New York That's sound. Wrong, well, I've heard the the argument about like him being dead and it changing people's perspective on the album and his music in general and it's standing in hip-hop history and hierarchy if you will it's harder to make that argument for tupac because he has so much shit biggie only had two albums really and like scattered singles that like he made with other people and like collab albums you didn't even say the song with method man give me the loot is my favorite song off the album then he's got one more chance the original it's a different kind of a flow. That's the whole thing. You have to take the time period into account and what came before him and the styles that came before him and then his style, his vulgarity, and then how short-lived it was and then how it influenced rap going forward. Like, Biggie was a big influence on Eminem, on Slim Shady's, like, part of Eminem, but also, like, in the rap scheme, riding a beat kind of aspect of the rap but i mean drive is great but they also have more albums hard hard to say i think too and i they brought about they brought this up in the the recent biggie doc on netflix which you haven't watched it was really fantastic to watch biggie's lyricism like how he's able to like fit in the like the alliteration of like 222s in my shoes which is not just him talking about the gun in his foot but this his shoe size and like shit like that if you go in and you study his actual lyricism on the record it's better than almost 99% of lyricism on a on a hip hop record that's getting released right now. I mean, yes, Casey brought up the what? Only song on the, the album that has a feature and it's Method Man. First of all, it goes the what into Juicy into Everyday Struggle, which is three back to back to back. Like that's I don't I don't understand how how anyone who's had a bad day ever can't relate with heavy day everyday struggle. Like that's it was after a long day of work and getting home in Brooklyn and putting on Everyday Struggle on the walk back to my apartment, there was like stretches of my time in Brooklyn where that was the solace and for nice part at the end of the day. So the argument I would have gone with is, is fine. Some of the style has, has I'm not going to say outdated, but the skits are a little long on this. And friend of the pod, Victor, says that 
he I know he has it on vinyl and he doesn't like listening to it on vinyl because there's that whole skit where he's like I believe he's getting laid and it's it's pretty uncomfortable to listen to. I also didn't realize until I watched the documentary it's about someone considering suicide and talking about mental health in what this came out in 93 94 94 okay first of all so the idea of anyone talking about mental health in 1994 let alone at a black male talking mental about health, mental health talking in 1994 about, like, breast cancer he's talking about selling fucking drugs to support his child yeah on the cotton like it's yeah it's that's part of what also made it so lovable is its authenticity he was really selling crack and shit like that. So was Jay-Z. Like, they were really out here. He was driving down to North Carolina to sell crack at you know, $20 a G instead of $5 a G on the streets of New York. And almost did that forever. And then his producers pulled him out of doing that and was like, no, you're yeah, going to do that. I, uh, you're going to make music, I, man. I took CBD and, and my dad came home in the middle of me talking about it. So I'm, I'm trying not to kind of lose my mind at Joe. But I also feel like we're kind of lost on changing his mind. <laughs> he feels the way he feels. Which is okay. Which is okay. But you're wrong. So, fuck you. Wrong, sir. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. I mean, my, my opinion my, could change one day. Probably won't. Casey, I will bet you a beer. I will buy you a beer the next time I see you. That by the end of season five, Joe has changed his mind again. Like, actually, I don't even... That is just not overrated. Yes, that it is appropriately rated. Four times platinum rated. What rated as like one of the best rap albums yeah. of all time? Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I I listen to it and I compare it to Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. I compare it to Illmatic. I compare it to The Infamous. I compare it to Lifestyles that are rich and poor. For me, all of those albums, I could put them on any occasion, any time, you know, and they always hit. Illmatic is probably the one I can relate it to the most hard for me to relate anything to yeah I, the 36 would, chambers yeah. the thing about illmatic is he didn't really fuck around and put any skits in that thing like it's it just i mean the, the opening song is like a skit and then it just goes and it doesn't fucking stop i mean i've said this before and i'll say this again if you told me illmatic is your favorite release of all time i wouldn't fight you i'd just shake your hand and say hey great record i also think I think Illmatic might be the best debut album in the history of albums. That's what usually I thought Ready to Die was in the conversation for his best debut album, not amongst that. And I think I think it's in the, I think it's in the conversation. I might take a Illmatic lot of people over take it, though. Um, the other what's uh, Life After Death over Ready to Die. But I, I think I'd take Illmatic, and I think you also have to add in Nas had some more features on the record that I do think enhanced it a little bit. That might for me put it over Ready to Die. Not that. Method Man's verse on the what is one of my favorite favorite features ever. I think Nas only had one feature. It was AZ on Life's a Bitch. No, Q-Tip was on uh, One Love. He produced it. <laughs> he got the producing credit, but it says he, he's featured. Hi. No, you're right. He said, but he says the One Love part. That is that is a great debate. We should put that up the Wednesday after this episode, Joe, as the poll question: Illmatic or Ready to Die? That is a really good question. That is that is a tough fucking question. Well, we know Joe's. We got some more tough fucking questions. I play Omatic at least five times every week, all the way through. Pretty much all the way through. Yeah. I think it's time for some more tough questions. I love tough questions. I love tough except in school. Moving on to our next segment, <laughs> we're gonna play a little game. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. In this game, 
uh, your three favorite hosts of the Brick House Pod are going to say two truths and w- a lie, and you have to guess which one is true and which one is not true. Andrew, you're going to start us off today. All right, I feel like I went pretty tame with these. I got into every college I applied to. I've broken three bones. I've been to five countries. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You've never broken three bones. Casey? Uh, you've never been to five countries. Joe, you're incorrect. Casey, you are correct. Let's go! Let's go! Which bones have you broken? Both wrists. I broke uh, my left wrist on a hiking trip in eighth grade, and then I was standing you're on... You're jerking the- off way too hard. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I was out of I was on a hiking trip in the eighth grade and then I was on the sidelines in gym class, like six days later, standing next to my gym teacher, and they were playing tackle the flag, but the flag was a football, so you could throw it after it got moved out of like the safe zone because all boys school and they tackled it like I was like ninety pounds in eighth grade and they tackled a kid who was like hundred and eighty pounds out of bounds and like took my legs out from underneath me. And my teacher should have blown the whistle like five seconds earlier because the other team had won. And he didn't. And they took me out. And I fell on the other wrist. It was like literally identical fractures. And then the next year, I broke a finger. So How can you operate with no wrist? Uh, it sucked. I didn't have the ones where it went over your thumb. It just went like my, my finger came out, like, came out of all of it. I also had waterproof casts. So I went to swim practice with waterproof casts for a couple weeks. Waterproof cast is cool. It was not a fun time. Eighth grade. Lot, not, not a lot of fun. Casey, you're up. All right. I have never been to the Bahamas. I was at the South Street Seaport Drake riot, and I've never been in the front row at a concert. Well, you're in the Bahamas right Obviously. now. Obviously. <laughs> I'm going to say, what was the last one you said? Front row of a concert. I'm going to say that one. He's definitely been, been at the front seat of a concert. No. Joe, what are you saying? I know what I'm saying. Same thing. I'm going to say Bahamas. No Bahamas. I've actually never been to the Bahamas. So that's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. So the way I worded it, that's the truth. The, the lie was that I've never been front row to a concert. I have been front row to a concert. So Brickhouse retreat. Brickhouse boys go to the Bahamas. Oh, I'm down. That's lit as hell. A little all-inclusive. Maybe if I could get some fucking vac- vacation time. I feel that, homie. I'll talk to your people. Have your people call my people. Get me some more vacation time. Have your people call me. Uh, I don't think they will, but I've tried. I have fallen asleep on the job. <laughs> I have been stung by a bumblebee. I have done acid on the beach. Oh. I think I know the right one. Casey? All right, so Casey, you go first. I want to believe that you've never fallen asleep on the job, but I, I can see you falling asleep on the job. Joe is one hundred percent falling asleep on the job. That's not even <laughs> that's not even up for debate. We all that was that was like you might as well have not given us one there. <laughs> so I'm gonna say that you've never been stung by a bee. Oh, there's no way he's done acid on the beach. <laughs> oh really? I thought that was right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done acid on the beach. No, I've never. But no, he didn't say he's never, never done happened. acid. So people are asking, has Joe done acid? Find out more on our Patreon. You have to pay sixty nine ninety nine a month to find out. Has sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine has Joe done acid? Find out on the Patreon. Pay us money. We'll let you know. Yeah. So yeah, I've fallen asleep on the job. More than one job. Uh, <laughs> I was stung. <laughs> so I was stung by a bee for the first time 
in the bathroom of my current job. It came out of my fucking pants. I don't know. I was like, what are you doing in there? And he stung me in the hand. I don't know how it got in my pants. And then I was I was lighting shit on fire and there was bees inside wood and then they just attacked me. But I was drunk, so it was like I was kind of okay, but I was kind of like dying at the same time. Um, but no, I never did acid on the beach. There we go. All right. I still don't believe you, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe sent us this really cool article to the group chat this week about The Alchemist and Earl Sweatshirt. The Alchemist put out that record a couple weeks ago that we all really liked, the four-track album. It's got Earl Sweatshirt's on two of those tracks, and people were like, yo, where's the Alchemist Earl Sweatshirt project that we all deserve because that project would be perfect. And Alchemist again reminded us that he in 2019, they did a project together. They released nine tracks under a fake name and put it on YouTube, and no one has found it yet. So we need our Brickhouse followers. If you're an Earl Sweatshirt fan, if you're an Alchemist fan, go sleuth through every video on YouTube. We need to find this record. Like We deserve this. We need the internet detectives. I respect the hell out of Alchemist and, and Earl for doing this. This is a sick move. But it's been two years. Like we need, we need the name. It would have been cooler if it was on Pornhub. It would have been found yeah. by now if it would have been on Pornhub. Let's be real. Facts. Let's not kid ourselves. I really am curious as to what pseudonyms or fake names or nom de plume. I think is how you'd say it in French. Which is yeah. There you go. Clamors, nom de plumes. You're fucking. Have you been reading? No, I really haven't. I've just been rewatching Sons of Anarchy. So pretty much the same thing because it's just Hamlet in real life. Um, but yes, Norm de Plume is a pen name, and that's what it means in French. So I'm very curious to see what Earl and Alchemist use as their pen name. And it may, got me thinking, what would our pen names be? So first, I went into the Wu-Tang Clan name generator, and I typed in all of our names into this. So this is also how Childish Gambino found his fake name. Joe, you are Superior Silly, <laughs> which is the most appropriate one of the bunch. <laughs> Casey, you're Controller Mythic. Okay. That was pretty sick. And I will now be known as Destroyer Fortunate. So, yeah, those are our Wu-Tang names. And now we're going to find out what everyone's other name is in this other website. So hang on real quick. And we're going to do this other one real quick. Casey, what was the name of your first pet? Midnight. What's your favorite unisex name? Casey. That's a good one. What street did you live on in college? Taylor, right? Yep. I didn't live there, but yes, I lived there. Taylor Avenue. A positive adjective that could be used to describe you. Positive. A weapon. Uh, nunchucks. An adjective that could be used to describe the weapon. Lethal. Give me another dangerous noun. Shark. Something pretty. Flowers are pretty. The make of your first car. 1998 Toyota Camry, rest in peace. A planet. Neptune, because it's got a lot of oceans. All right, here we go. Pen names for Casey include Woo Midnight Taylor, C.W. Bloomfield, K.C.W. Blake, Cleland Blackmore, Midnight Woos, Cassandra Bloggett, Christian W. Taylor, Kathy Kaysen. Midnight Woos hard is hit, pretty lit. Hard-hitting crime pen names. C.W. Lethal Nunchucks. <laughs> Blogs Cablode. Wow. C.W. Nunchucks Black Blogs. And Caddy W. Shark. Joe, you ready for yours? Okay. Where are you uh, getting these? Namegenerator.org.uk. Oh, we're getting these from overseas, from from across the from <laughs> across, across the, the lake. What do they call the that? Pond, across the, across the pond. Across Joe, the pond. Joe was your first pet yeah. called John. Okay, favorite unisex name <laughs> Kelly. Well, you were on Mulberry Street. Oh yeah, no, Linden. Linden. <laughs> Positive adjective that can be used to describe you. Sexy. <laughs> nice. With two X's. 
<laughs> a weapon. My hands. An adjective that can be used to describe the weapon. Symmetrical. <laughs> Digible. Diggable. Diggable. Opposable. <laughs> a dangerous noun. Canceled. That's not a noun. That's a verb. Alcohol. Oh. That's, that Valid. is a good one. Something pretty. The sky. Uh, make your first car. 1994 for Taurus. A planet. Planet X. <laughs> you thought I was going to say Uranus. He still said it. All right. Brennan John Linden. J.B. Bloomfield. Jonathan Blackmore. Joaquina Blodgett. Hard-hitting crime pen names. J.B. Diggable Hands. Blogs wow. Joe Blood. JB and Black Blogs. Joel Joel B. Alcohol. <laughs> Say that again. Joel B. Alcohol. Yo, diggable hands. <laughs> um, positive adjective that can be described, but loyal. For weapon, sword. I'm going to put long sword. <laughs> Tiger for dangerous noun. Something pretty. Clouds. Make my first car was a Honda Accord R.I.P. For planet Mars, AP Bloomfield. That I feel like every single one of these they said uh, Bloomfield. Uh, A- Andreas Blackmore, um, Buster Pissarro's, <laughs> Antoine Blodgett, hard hitting crime pen names. AP Longsword, Blogs and Blood, <laughs> AP Sword Black Blogs, Andre P Tiger. <laughs> wow, Andre Andre P Tiger sounds like he should be related to. Um, Oh God! Who's the guy from Miami that says Dale and is on everything? Um, Pitbull. Rick Ross. Thank you. Andre P. Tiger sounds like he's in uh, Pitbull's. Rick uh, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Ross does not say Dale. No, he definitely does not. I could hear it. Before we get into our top five and our voicemail, we have a quick news segment regarding the king, the president. What do you call those guys over there? Prime minister. Prime minister. I think he's the president. All right. This is a story from The Consequence of Sound. It's about French President Macron. Quote, French President Emmanuel Macron was treated to a personal concert by an extreme grindcore band called Ultra Vomit in the gardens of his official residence, the Elise Palace. Sounds like he lost a bet, right? Well, that's pretty much what happened. Back in February, Macron challenged popular French YouTube personalities Mick Fly and Carlito to make a YouTube video to encourage pandemic safety, wearing masks, social distancing, etc. If the video hit 10 million views, they would be invited to the Elise Palace and allowed to film on the grounds. So, Mick Fly and Carlito made a video in which they sang an acoustic song about staying safe during the pandemic. It garnered 15 million views. Challenge 1. True to his word, Macron invited the pair to the Elise Palace, where they spent time with the president inside the residence before heading outside for an intimate concert in the garden by the French grindcore band Ultra Vomit. Seated between McFly and Carlito, Macron witnessed Ultra Vomit perform a rockin' snippet of the French national anthem before delivering a full-on extreme metal cover of the French lullaby Un Souris Vert, which means a green mouse. The French president sat there in amazement during the one-minute concert, which McFly and Carlito engaged in a short-lived two-man mosh pit. Sounds like a hell of a time. 
I'm wow. kind of disappointed we didn't get invited to Mosh Pit in that, you know? I feel like we've earned it. It's a hell of a party. I would have loved to see Slayer play on the uh, <laughs> the White House lawn. <laughs> they play Raining Blood and just Goat's Blood starts spewing onto the White House. That's crazy. I wonder how, like, the president reacts to that. Does he start moshing? Is he one of the two people moshing? I really I well, would hope so. It depends which president was president at the time. Rock and roll, baby. All right, before we get to our voicemail, we are past Memorial Day weekend. We're not officially in summertime, but it might as well be. Joe and I are back from the beach. Casey, probably also back from the beach. Like I said, the Brickhouse Podcast now brought to you by Tomatoes. Top five summer activities. I'll go first. Number one, I'll start with five. Number five is just chilling. Overall chilling. Chilling outside, chilling inside, chilling at night, chilling in the park, just chilling with your boys, chilling with the gang, chilling in the city. Overall chilling is better in the summertime, so it definitely makes the list number five. Number four, riding bikes. Perfect time. Go anywhere, cross these bridges, ride around the city. I don't have one. I still told my friends that I would get one. Made a promise, kind of have to follow up on that, but got to pay off my credit card. Number three, playing baseball. American classic. Only summertime sport. Thank God. Number two, block parties. I don't know if this count as the same thing. Block parties and feasts. So like, you know, They're the same thing. Synonymous. A lot of eating, a lot of drinking. Sort of. Consumption. I mean, yeah, feasts. Sometimes I have games. You could win fish at feasts. Not so much block parties. Block parties you could get like. Mm. Are you talking like carnivals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a like um like a San Gennaro type feast. Yeah. Sort of. I hope they bring that back this year. It will be. Do you remember my San Gennaro video? What? Yes. San Gennaro is, is in September though. That's the end of the year. But those usually happen scattered around the summertime in the same way that block parties do. That's why I put them on like the same level. And number one, going to the beach. It's the shit. I love swimming in the ocean. I love running around and rolling around in the sand and losing my breath and just laying like a starfish. People are like, oh, I love the beach, but I hate the sand. But the beach is 99% sand, so not sure what to tell you. Embrace it. You only go a couple times a year. But I went yesterday. I was cooking, man. It is dangerous out here. The sun is hot. That water was icy, icy cold. That's it. That's my top five. Going to the beach, number one. Joe. If you know me, you know beach is my ultimate number one beach mm-hmm. activity. So I chose five other activities other than the beach. Number five, getting white boy burnt on the beach. It means I had a good time. Okay. Number f- Wait, that was, what? did I say five or four? You said five. I said five. Okay, number four, uh, summer festivals, as in music festivals. Oh, nice. I try to go to at least one every year, uh, all the way back to All Points West. Go to Randall's Island, Governor's Ball. This year it's at City Field where the Mets play. In Looking September. forward to seeing Freddie Gibbs. It's still the summer. Uh, number three, grilling up glizzies on the barbecue. I don't really eat glizzies. Uh, I enjoy making them, though. They're they're a funny-shaped object. Um, a little suspect. People like eating why hot dogs. Why are they a funny-shaped object? Because they look like a dick. That's why. Phallic. I believe <laughs> the, the word They're is also funny because people will be, like, you know, kind of drunk and wasted at the party. Like, oh, I'm wasted. And then, like, you just slip a hot dog in their pocket. Where are you pulling these hot dogs from? Pocket dogs. I always got a hot dog in my pocket. You want one? I don't want any pocket dogs. Okay, fine. You slipped hot dogs in people's pockets? <laughs> So, so Dude, you don't even know. So it was my yes, I've done that several times. 
more than one occasion. So it was, uh, remember that University of Scranton, like, like week at the end of the year where we just got fucked up no. with everyone? Senior week? Senior week, yeah. Oh, okay. So there was that, that thing where we wore white shirts and people just had highlighters and drew shit on people's shirts? Yes, sort of. Yeah, so me and uh, Killian... Killian Byrne, yes. we had a contest out out to see who could, who could slip more hot dogs in people's pockets. Wow, that's and we, with a bun or without a bun? tied. Just lose glizzies, lose hot cooked dogs. Cooked. cooked. Damn, that's fucked up. And we both tied at three, but he won by default because he snuck it in Father Malloy's pocket. Ooh. Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah, that's a winner. I wonder how he finds that hot dog in his pocket. I would I would have paid money to see his his facial reaction to Tim finding a hot dog in his pocket. Most people are not happy to find a hot dog in their pocket. <laughs> Let me tell you. This one girl was very, very not happy to find it in her purse. She was pissed. She was pissed. Number two, I love camping. <laughs> Last year on the camping trip, they made a lot of hot dogs, and I snuck it into a lot of people's pockets. I got one into a guy's Bud Light beer bottle. He was drinking the beer light, the beer light <laughs> bottle the whole night, and like somehow it wasn't hitting his lips, so he was just drinking dirty water dog oh. water. Number one. <laughs> Number one. I love doing hood rat shit with my friends, oh, especially in the summer. Uh, I should have known. Number five. I actually haven't done this yet, but I'm going to start doing it this summer. Skateboarding to the bar because it's nice out. I just out. got a skateboard. Just grab the board. There we go. Casey, come skate I with me in Bushwick. It. Me too. It's fine. Outdoor concerts, whether it's on a rooftop, whether it's a festival, whether it's just in a giant field for a day, outdoor shows are the fucking shit. Getting, uh, hanging out with your friends outside, sitting down on the ground, a little, you know, a little blanket action. Outdoor shows are the best. I love a good outdoor show. Rooftop drinks. There's nothing better than drinking on an elevated service. Altitude. Altitude adds so much more fun to drinking. My number two, big upset here, grilling. As you guys know, big time grill master over here. Joe just talks about the glizzies at my house. Anything we can grill, we do grill. Whether it's peppers, whether it's onions, whether it's pineapple, burgers, dogs, chicken, sausage, steaks. I'm a big fan of the surf and turf. I'll throw shrimp on my on my barbecue. If I can cook it on the grill, I will cook it on the grill all summer long. It's one of my favorite things to do. And as Casey said, Joe, what do you have to say? You ever make pasta on the barbecue? I've made it on the barbecue, but my parents' barbecue does have one of those side burners where you could be like sauteing something on the side, you know? And so I could be making pasta outside if I wanted to be. I haven't done it, but I could. My number one thing. As Casey said, at the beach. It has to be the beach. I'm so pumped to go to the beach all summer long. Just sit down, relax, try to turn the brain off. The best thing about the beach for me is that it's so fucking bright that I can't see my phone screen. Mm. And that, therefore, ipso facto, I don't I don't end up on my yeah. phone all day. So, my phone's been getting super hot when I go to the beach, too. So it just gets, like, almost unusable anyway, whether I have service or not. Joe or Andy, it's Ted. I thought about this long and hard. I'd fight the shit at Dolph Lundgren. A, he has a master's in chemical engineering. B, he was a Fulbright scholar, and he got a award to go to MIT to train. Uh, three, because we're just going numbers and letters now, uh, he was a high-ranking dojo master 
for a super type of karate that requires extreme focus and discipline. And then it's also 6'5 and fucking killer. That is all. Bye. So we got that voicemail, 917-740-6429. I don't know why our boy Ted wants to fight Dolph Lundgren, but he thinks he can fight Dolph Lundgren. So I would like to see that fight. I think Ted could take him. Ted, I think you could fucking murder him. I don't know. He killed Apollo Creed, man. And I got your back, bro, okay? Tag team? Casey's there. Casey got your back. I got it. I'll be the, the crooked referee. Yeah, three on one. We fucking gangbang this guy. I'll What's his name? And then in the middle, I'll jump in with the steel chair and I'll hit somebody right over the fucking head. That was a great voicemail. All time voicemail. So don't know why Ted wants to fight him. Shout out Ted wanting to fight Dolph Lundgren. Love you, Ted. We love you so much. Hit that voicemail, 917740, and you can be featured at the end of next week's pod. Until then, boys, enjoy kicking it. Enjoy your summer. This is the Brickhouse Podcast. Peace.